welcome back to they made another one for each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up all on its own i'm one of your hosts Corey, and i'm your other host liam and lately we've had a third uh and it's been fun having a third mitch has been along for quite a few pretty wild movie going experiences over the last couple weeks um and he if you heard last week very much considered doing a fourth. I think that was his intent. Unfortunately, Liam, I have some bad news. Oh, what is it? So you remember, how could you forget, the flatbread, right? Right, yeah, Mitch, he he bought some flatbread before the episode, and it kind of went M- MIA for a little while, And but, mm-hmm. then, but then he turned up and he was just eating the flatbread, I do recall, yeah. So I'm afraid he's been caught up in, in what can only be described as a an unfortunate flatbread related incident because we talked about uh using a flatbread as a life raft right yes yeah because it was a big flatbread he found a big enough one to test the theory and i actually this morning um a message in a bottle floated up to uh the house that i live in which is obviously right on the water as you know right yeah and um i walk out to the old pier and uh, I got a I got a note in a bottle from Mitch, who is currently stranded on a piece of flatbread in the middle of the middle of the ocean. So he could not join us today. It's a damn shame. It's a crying shame. I hope they find him. Yeah, uh, thoughts and prayers. I can't really guy. triangulate his position. Um, I don't know how bottles work. I don't even know how it got here. The yeah, currents. That- Fair enough. I don't, I don't I don't know what he expects us to do. We got an episode. To, we got a team Fra- wolf to frankly, talk about. Like, it's really one in a million that I even got the letter, and it didn't show up in, like, France or something. I gotta say, I'm kind of upset that he didn't at least have the courtesy to put some thoughts about Teen Wolf 2 (laughs) on the note. I mean, we talked about him being on this episode, and if he was planning to reach out to you before the episode, he might as well have He could have at least watched the movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, so hope he's okay. Hope it doesn't. Uh, he doesn't watch up in France, like on that beach that's full of old Garfield phones. Did you hear about that? No. I think I'm describing a real thing. I'm like eighty percent sure. Um, okay, so Teen Wolf two, Teen Wolf also, as well. Perhaps a more apt title, Teen Wolf again, the, Teen Wolf Vengeance, the next Teen Wolf, the next Teen Wolf Rising Revengeance. Okay. Teen Wolf, Man from Earth, Holocene. <laughs> I don't have a better one than that. Yeah, that's, I think that's kind of the trump card. Kind of, yeah, you can't, it's like... Mm-hmm. It's like when you're in an argument uh, at on a middle school playground. I guess playgrounds don't really extend yeah, to Yeah, well, your mom is Holocene. <laughs> Time's infinity, and then that's it. And then that's you it. You won. I double dog dare you. Yeah, well, I Holocene dare you. <laughs> Oh fuck! Oh my gosh! Oh, I shit. wish I was back in middle school right now. I would annihilate everyone. Tommy has everyone to lick the slide, bro. He got hollow scened. <laughs> oh, oh shit! And of course, uh, if you lose at Rock'em Sock'em Robots, you get Teen Wolf Two'd, which is a uppercut by a big dog. Mm. Mm. That's right. Yes. Let's talk about it. If in case people <sighs> don't know what we mean. Okay. Teen Wolf Two. 1987 sequel to teen wolf everybody knows teen wolf right movie needs no introduction uh it's about a teen wolf come on yeah figure it out liam have you seen teen wolf yes yeah 
I like uh, it? No, no. I uh, I watched it for the first. <laughs> I watched it for the first time yesterday, actually. Um, oh shit! Yeah, because it's uh, you know, I've always heard the name, but um, I've never actually heard anyone talk about the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I never considered it a classic. I never considered it even like a cult favorite uh, like a teenage wolf has kind of been in the pop culture uh, at least since like the 30s or 40s and then we know that there was a movie in the 80s called teen wolf that has kind of been riffed on i mean possibly even eclipsed by the mtv teen wolf show i think the generation that watches that teen wolf show might not even likely doesn't even know that a t- teen wolf was a, a show in the 80s i know or a movie in the 80s i, know I don't the per- Brianna no, didn't say it's been eclipsed. Brianna oh, really? had Brianna had no idea that Teen Wolf preceded uh, the show Teen Wolf. I only recently discovered there was a television show, so I think it's a real you you're in or you're out. Dang, you, you yeah. know or you don't about you guys, either of them. You guys grew up in two different cultures, I guess. Is um, that was was it coming out with like Vampire Diaries and shit? Was that yeah. approximately when they were doing that? Okay, fair enough. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it was writing the coattails of Twilight. Yeah, yeah, for as sure. we all were. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, as big of a Back to the Future fan as I have become, I mean, Teen Wolf came out in the same year, and uh, I hear people talk about Back to the Future. Before I watched Back to the Future, knew it was a big thing, but hadn't heard it about Teen Wolf. So I figured um, I'm gonna have to watch Teen Wolf at some point just to figure it out. I mean, I like Michael J. Fox now, and it's just it's it's. Uh, it's a cultural touchstone, at least in title alone. So I figured I had to get to it. So I, I double featured it um, with Teen Wolf two, uh, and I thought it was pretty bad, man. It was it was really really boring, like re- clearly low budget in order to make a profit. Like very little happens. I mean, okay. compared compared to How Back to the, the Future. Wolf look? not not much different than he looks in teen wolf 2 uh, so okay. like like pretty weak it's not it's not very <laughs> interesting um like compared to coming out in at, in the same year as back to the future uh teen wolf was shot before back to the future and then there was actually a bit of crossover where back to the future future started shooting before teen wolf was over and then Teen Wolf wrapped first, but they waited until a month after Back to the Future came out because they knew Back to the Future was going to be such a big cash hit. in on that Michael J. Fox hype. And so they cashed in, and the movie like totally feels like a cash in. It is, uh, it, it's it's the sort of thing where like if this were to come out nowadays, people would just like obviously see it for what it is, which is just like a cash in with. Uh, a, a movie that happened to happen to luck into this star and is just sort of like a it's a concept where you're like hey let's make a movie about that concept but then not much gets done with that concept and uh it, it just made me feel super jaded it made me feel like oh man even in the 80s movies were movies were coming out like this and it's no surprise that <laughs> n- no one really talks about the movie and that teen wolf is just a concept in title alone i thought it was i thought it was a pretty rough watch michael j fox is is cool in it he's like charismatic and stuff but he he gets nothing to do yeah i mean that's a that's capitalism baby just sort of randomly rehashing ideas and cheaping out in the hopes of making it big later that's that's how we've ended up in this mess is everybody's just trying to make money um teen wolf one cost just over a million dollars and made 80 
Yeah, no surprise. No, good for them, man. The poster uh, actually says a new comedy starring Michael J. Fox, who, as far as I know, was not necessarily the kind of name you could stamp your whole movie on before Back to the Future came out. So they really and truly waited. Yeah, he he was getting there because he was on a show called Family Ties, and that that show was really starting to. Oh, I didn't know he was even on that. Okay, yeah. It, yeah, it was like hitting its peak. It had been on for about three years, and so that was a thing. But yeah, Back to the Future would have really put him into the stratosphere. And um, the the Back to the Future uh, love radiated out so far that um, in the the original Teen Wolf is uh, goes by the name Boy from the Future in Brazil despite not having anything to do with time travel because uh what because they they were going for that back to the future fame and then in another country i don't remember which one but in another country the dub changed his name from scott to marty (laughs) wow yeah there's uh, i think i read a couple other things like that where it's just like like the police story dubs that call jackie chan jackie chan (laughs) yep yeah, it's really weird, man. Really, wow. really weird. So Teen Wolf is an interesting case. And then um, Teen Wolf 2 is just, we got another up-and-coming young actor that we could potentially cash in on. Uh, let's do another one now that people know what Teen Wolf is. Except this is Jason Bateman's film debut. Uh, so he had been doing uh, TV up to that point, um, stuff like Little House on the Prairie, uh, which we all know and love. But they decided, okay, we're going to do Teen Wolf 2, and they're going to be so obvious about it. They're going to call it Teen Wolf T-O-O, which is something I usually give a lot of credit on this show for being like, hey, that's fun. I like that. I like when the movie is like aware of what it's doing in a way, but this feels kind of kind of cynical given that we know what it's coming from you know what i mean yeah yeah it's like uh you can't just point out the thing and and make it so i I forget about the thing now you know like it doesn't it doesn't excuse (laughs) right no we're 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 stuck in a world where we know what teen wolf is yeah and now we are here with teen wolf the squeak wolf and we just have to put up with that uh, it's directed by Christopher Leach and written by Tim Kring with uh, writing credits also to Jeff Loeb and Matthew Wiseman from the original movie. Uh, the music is by Mark Goldenberg. Cinematography by Jules Brenner. There are four editors, Liam. Wow. Four. Uh, Raja Gosnell, Steve Polivka, Harvey Rosenstock, and Kim Secret or Secret rather. Um, and between all of those people, there's some there's some really compelling uh, work that they've done. We have uh, Hercules, the legendary journey from one of these folks. We have some heroes, the TV show. We have Mean Creek. Mm, look at love that. Mean Creek. Mark Goldenberg did the soundtrack. I love it. I can't believe that movie keeps popping up. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> Center of the universe, man. That has to be our final episode. We just do Mean Creek. Yeah. Uh, Return of the Living Dead was also shot by Jules Brenner. That's who shot this movie. Uh, the director of Teen Wolf 2 wrote Universal Soldier. Um, but in terms of like 
wacky sequel stuff that we might be able to dig into. Not not necessarily as much as we're used to seeing. Um, and the plot of Teen Wolf two, I imagine, is a lot like the plot of Teen Wolf one, which I have not seen. As far as I understand, Teen Wolf one is basically the Airbud rule that dogs are allowed to play basketball if it was a man who was also like struggling with basic high school problems. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he 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 learns that he's a wolf. It runs in his family, and uh, the whole school is cool with him being a wolf because he wins games and uh, he's he's popular and he doesn't hurt people either. He's a nice cozy wolf. Yeah, this whole society we learn uh, is very cool with werewolves, and also you can turn into a werewolf off and on on a whim whenever you want, permanently. Yes, yeah, it happens the first time accidentally, and then after that, you got total control. You can the, just the, the dream, out. really. Yeah, I'm kind of, really? I'm, I'm waiting to learn that I have that in my family. Yeah, uh, your eyes turn red, and you intimidate the hell out of an administration worker, and then suddenly you're incredibly good at boxing. Oh my gosh, that's now, puberty, man. Now, now I'm skeptical of any uh, boxing world heavyweight champions. <laughs> Mike Tyson, known for turning into a werewolf. That's why he bit that dude's ear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Evander Holyfield did not know he was getting in the ring with a werewolf. Um, what if I told you, Liam, that Teen Wolf 2 is the same movie as Teen Wolf 1? <laughs> Uh well I would I would believe you I would believe you pretty good Corey because uh I, <laughs> I have I the t- evidence myself. <laughs> what if I told you Teen Wolf also was about a kid in that very same family getting an athletic scholarship for boxing to the school he wants to go to because the coach who knew Marty McFly thought that he might also be a werewolf and therefore good at sports, and they could prop up their struggling boxing team with a werewolf. Um, and along the way, he meets a girl. Allegedly, they have a relationship. We don't really see it. And uh, he learns to not be a jerk and get caught up in the ego of being a wolfman uh, and gets good at boxing. Because as we know, he wanted to go to school for science. But you can't be good at sports if you like science, Liam. Yeah, and you you can't be a vet if if you're a wolf. That's true. That's very complicated. Uh, Com- this conflict mo- of interest. <laughs> this movie has a couple of notable actors in it. I know you actually have some information on hand about what a couple of them were in. I'll give a quick rundown here. Jason Bateman. Everybody probably knows who Jason Bateman is at this point. Uh, Kim Darby, who uh, plays the kid in the movie True Grit, who's that's pretty neat. We have a uh, John Aston, Paul Sand, James Hampton, Mark Holton, Estee Chandler, who actually went into doing visual effects work after she stopped kind of acting, which is neat. Um, the main credit that IMDb gives her is a uh, Team America World Police. Um, nice. She did some effects on that. Uh, Stuart Fratkin, Robert Neary, Beth Ann Miller, Rachel Sharp, William H. Burton, David Burton, and Kathleen Freeman. But I know you had a couple like interesting notes on a couple of those people. Yeah, so we've got John Aston in this movie, and uh, he played Gomez in the Adams Family, in in the uh, animated uh, series as well as the original, which etc. Is... etc. 
could have a TMAO catch, uh, connection in the future. And then we've got one of those four editors. Four editors. Oh, my God. Did one Unbelievable, of them, right? One, e- each one handled one musical montage. <laughs> um, but one of those editors, Raja Gosnell, he directed Home Alone 3. Directed, not edited. He directed Home Alone 3, Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. So those are the Matthew Lillard movies. Like the good ones. Yep. Uh <laughs> And uh, the Smurfs, remember that 2011, the live action par- yeah. partially animated. I say live action, implying that they found real Smurfs, yeah, to act <laughs> in their movie, which they did not do. Uh, it was that whole, it's that whole Tom and Jerry joint of live action and animated. It's still going on to this day. We're a decade out. It's still happening. <laughs> they just keep doing this. I know. And Smurfs, and frankly, has I a think sequel, there's a lot so. of potential hmm? if you do it right. Space Jam 2 is coming up. Space Jam Jam Extreme or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Space Jam, push it to the limit. Uh, And there was also an interesting note right at the top of of Raja's uh, Wikipedia page. First name basis. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Oh, and also there there was a note. I guess there's two interesting notes on Raj's Wikipedia page. One is that it says it was it's commonly believed that he is of Indian descent, but he was actually named after uh, like a friend of the family or something. Um, he's a white dude. Um, and there's another it's note that people would just assume that based on his name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess enough people did it that maybe he had, they to, had to write make it. it a Wikipedia note. He wrote it into his own Wikipedia page. He's like, oh. <laughs> People need to stop confusing me with all these other people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's another note here, um, very similar to the note on Brian Levant's Wikipedia page, who is, uh, you know, Brian Levant, Corey. He's the director of... Uh, Villain of the show. <laughs> yeah. What What are some Brian Levant's credits for those? Uh, Christmas Story 2. It was Christmas Story 2, right? It didn't have a subtitle. Yeah, I'm trying just, to forget. Nah, dude. They just tried to play it pure. Um, with the Wallows guy, he did uh, Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas, which broke our brains entirely. Yeah. He's caused us physical pain, I think, is a safe thing to say. That's right, yeah. And so there, <laughs> there, there was a note on Brian Levant's Wikipedia page that we talked about that said that his work is you know, generally disliked by film critics and... Brian Levant said he's making movies for the audience. Uh, you know, like he's the, a people pleaser. He's, he's a man. He's a man for the people. Uh, and on Raja's Wikipedia page, it says most of his films received a generally negative critical reception, but performed well at the box office. Honestly, I wouldn't be mad if that were my career, except the critics were clearly wrong about the Scooby Doo movies that are extremely good. Uh, yeah, honestly, honestly, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, those, those movies are just fucking good, actually. Yeah, there's some high-profile movies, too. I mean, Smurfs, I don't, I don't, I don't remember that having a l- entirely negative reception. Mixed, perhaps. Gargamel hated it. Oh, yeah, I mean, Gargamel. I mean, the problem is that it was not only a live-action movie, it was also a documentary, and Gargamel just didn't like the way he was portrayed. He, he interpreted it as like a hit piece. They were trying to slander the reputation of Gargamel. Yeah, when all they were really trying to do was just show his side. Yeah, you know, they're real centrists, filmmakers, when it comes to documentaries. You know that, Raja. Real centrist kind of guy. Classic (laughs) centrist. 
Uh, it, co- it comes through in his editing as well. In 25% of the editing <laughs> in this film, you could tell. Yeah. There's, there's one quarter of this movie that's got a real centrist vibe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I felt it. I felt it. One of those musical montages. It's just like... Uh. I, I couldn't I couldn't decide how to feel. The other ones I knew, but this one it was like, huh, this feels kinda I'm kinda middle of the road here. I can't tell which side I <laughs> I feel like this is making no meaningful political stance whatsoever. Gotta be Raja. So Liam, I have a proposition. Mm-hmm. We can talk about some other stuff, you know, find a couple things to discuss, maybe the poster. Jason Bateman, Garfield phone, all sorts of options, right? Or we can just, in a way, rip this Band-Aid off and start talking about the film. I have a gut feeling we are on a similar wavelength with this film. And that is why I am laying this out for you like so. I'm getting a real Flintstones-y kind of vibe off of this film a real brian levant a real brian levant levant who knows it is known only to him and god but what would you like to do i'm gonna you can do one of two things you can tell me how you felt about teen wolf 2 or just pick a different topic and i will follow you on that journey well i read your letterboxd review Corey. And that review said something along the lines of, just look at that poster. So I feel like, I mean, we got to at least talk about the poster. And it's two different posters, actually. The poster on Letterboxd is not the one on Wikipedia. I noticed. Yeah, the the one on Letterboxd is uh, hilarious. Yeah, that is art. (laughs) The one on Letterboxd is maybe one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. It's the big 80s-ass font that just says Teen Wolf 2. And um, it's like a big full moon. And it's got like this moody lighting and then superimposed over top of the moon is a werewolf in a gym class tank top wearing big protective headgear for boxing. Just sort of looking with his mouth agape into the distance. <laughs> like he has no idea where he is or what he's doing. Um, and so it, it appears this is the the cover for the Blu-ray collector's edition. <laughs> Because you're not going to find this poster from like the 80s or 90s. This is a no, very, no. it's a very modern day poster, but made to evoke the 80s. Yeah, and, this uh, is like, we found somebody who could draw like Drew Struzan and we're doing this for all the Teen Wolf heads out there. Yes, and, and they're doing it for all the Teen Wolf movies. So if you look up Teen Wolf 2, Ooh. you'll be able to find a uh, reflective poster for the original Teen Wolf movie where you have a teen wolf with a pair of headphones on looking in the opposite direction. So if you (laughs) standing also in front of like a a hazy orange moon with his mouth slightly agape. And so if you put them side by side, the two teen wolves and remember they're cousins, this is family. uh, They're looking right at each other. That's touching. That's sweet. Do you think they got, got along? Like they like to hang out at a, at like family reunions and stuff. Ah oh, man, I'll believe it when I see a Teen Wolf three. <laughs> we need Three Wolf. That would be cool, man. Jason Bateman and Michael J. Fox back at it. That would be pretty cool. How old was Jason Bateman in this movie? Do we think? Not I as a character, he... but as like a man. Because like there are scenes where he, <laughs> I swear to God, it looks like he's fifteen years old. <laughs> I would say he was twenty. 
Drum roll, please. Let's find out how old he was. He was 18. Well, there you go. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Uh, how did you feel about Teen Wolf 2 in the end? I didn't like Teen Wolf much. Teen, uh, and and nor did we know I like that Teen already. Wolf too much. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, is well, this gonna be the is this gonna be the titular changeup where you yeah. say that you like Teen Wolf too? <laughs> is this going to be the switch? <laughs> is he about is to this play going to horrible bosses? <laughs> is he about to play dodgeball with my emotions? <laughs> something something game night. <laughs> um. All right. Okay. Let me let me extract my full opinion right here. Uh, I'd say that. After I didn't like the first Teen Wolf and I was queuing up Teen Wolf 2, I was like, this is not looking good, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? Because you assume Teen Wolf T.O.O. is going to be the inferior, like the inferior version of the Teen Wolf story. And so if I'm already not into the superior version, I was thinking this doesn't look good. Um, And so I queued it up and then I hit play. And I would say... um, I could make an argument for myself that I like Teen Wolf 2 more than the first Teen Wolf, in fact. Um, But I I couldn't make an argument that I like either of the movies uh, much at all. You know, I'd say I'd say if if Teen Wolf 2 could ever be more than a four out of ten in my head, I would be very surprised. Um, I just think that it's a. it's a concept that was like it was done um <laughs> in like such a cheap transparent way where i just the movies it f- just it feels like the the movie would have had to have been written so quickly like there's nothing in these movies that is surprising or interesting in its exit well i'm not going to say that because i do think a couple of the things they do in this movie are interesting um but i think that like is almost uh accidental i i I think that these movies are just um they're movies that were put out so that the movie can be out there and people can like watch it once and you get money from that one watch or you get money from selling this to rerun on tv you know like this this is the sort of movie that i would stumble upon on cable in the early 2000s and i would watch it once and i would be like in true cory fashion they up that was a movie um i i don't think I feel like if you're saying it's a movie it's really that's a more profound experience than when I say it. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. willing to say it all the time. Yeah, um, but I truly believe it. I don't think there's anything remarkable in these movies. And and we've talked about a lot of movies where that's not the case, and I can find something. Um, and I, I would say that this movie just ends up being... Anything that it does interesting um, ends up just being bogged down in predictability and f- time-filling in order to get to the end of the film and then the movie kind of ends the way you would think you think it would and so i'd say all in all it's like uh um i'm not flintstones 2 and i am not christmas story 2 um but i'm also not uh air bud seventh inning fetch 
<laughs> this is I'm I'm leaving I'm leaving hints for people to go listen to these other episodes. This is TMAO lore. But what I'm saying here is that I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't surprised by this cheesy movie actually being very charming. Um, but I also wasn't angry at this movie for uh being offensive schlock. I think this might be the most bland movie we've ever watched. Um it's it's like barely got a plot. Well, the plot is the plot of Teen Wolf One, but yeah. in a university. We know that. And but, with boxing instead of basketball. And with and with boxing for some reason. Um but like nothing is like fleshed out in any meaningful way. He's got a girlfriend for some reason. Uh he is mostly a dick to her, and then by the end they're in love and we don't really know why. Um He's got confrontations with the professor that turns out to be a werewolf. They have a handful of conversations. Presumably she can guess he's a werewolf. Otherwise, we don't know why she cares. Um, The dean is just a caricature. The coach is just a weird kind of caricature. It goes through a lot of the motions of like 80s coming of age kind of movies. Like you said, it's got a lot of like musical montages he's overcoming adversity realizing how to not be an asshole. There's a big party scene, but it, it all feels like perfunctory. Like it just sort of had to be there. And that once they set out and decided they were going to make teen wolf two, they had to hit a certain runtime somehow. And they were going to do it with like, here's a montage of him being a shit heel to everybody and like driving around in a, in a sports car and hitting on ladies. And here's somebody getting hit with a cake for some reason. And here's some boxing and here's this and here's that. And it just it it is it is less than nothing in terms of like like you could put it on and actively watch it and the second it ended you it would you it would leave your brain just instantly. It has no real meaningful memorability or like it doesn't pick part of this story and decide this is the focal point. Like the focal point is not his relationship with Nikki or like blowing off his friends or like contentious relationships with authority that's all there because you think that's what the character would have to go through in a movie so it's in the movie um it's just got nothing to like bring you in at all and i can't think of anything worse for a movie to do than that than be like completely ignorable yeah um and unfortunately everything you said i would extend to the first teen wolf movie which is surprising to me I, I didn't I didn't think it would be that way. Um, normally, that is particular uh, sequel conversation, right? Where it's like, we had a success, let's do it again, um, but we don't need to think too much about it. But because that first Teen Wolf movie was made with a small budget in order to maximize profit, I think it, it basically does the same thing. I guess the only, um, the only, uh, like positive you could you could give to it is to say that because it came first it is like less predictable like in this movie it's been done already but i would say the first teen wolf follows such a just a predictable predictable storytelling uh format you know um that we've seen so many times before and the concept isn't even new in and of itself i mean we've had teenage werewolf movies prior to it um there's just there's it's just... been done okay <laughs> yeah there's... you think you can just walk in here with your teenage werewolf movie 
Yeah, it's just really, uh, it is really unfortunate because I think the teenage werewolf concept is cool. Um, I would absolutely watch like a reboot of uh, Teen Wolf in in film form. I don't know if I can commit to a whole like six seasons of a TV show, but I, I think teenage werewolf is interesting because that can go in so many different directions. Werewolves are cool and. I like coming of age movies, typically with teenagers. So that's that's cool. You you put a werewolf with a teenager. Who knows where it could go? But it just becomes very clear. Evidently, the only place it can go is the plots of Teen Wolf one and two. Yeah, this that's is the so, only thing they can come up with. That's so unfortunate. Like right from the beginning of both movies, you kind of see where it's going. Um, I'll say that I I was more interested in Teen Wolf two. Uh, at the beginning than I was with the original Teen Wolf. Cause I think the first Teen Wolf telegraphs its story really early on, particularly the basketball story where you've got a kid who's bad at basketball and then he's, he's going to become a Teen Wolf and then he'll be good at basketball. And maybe, maybe when the movie came out in 1985, people didn't know that's where it was going to go. But nowadays it's super, super obvious. He's uh, going to become somebody who runs in dog races. <laughs> that would be cool um i'd say the only interesting part of the first teen wolf is when the way that they reveal the werewolf lore it's not that he was bitten by a werewolf which i thought was going to happen it's that uh being a wolf just runs in his family and so you get this sequence of michael j fox uh transforming into a werewolf for the first time in full in his bathroom and then his dad is knocking on the door and he says hey what's going on in there and he and son are you wolfing out in there <laughs> basically basically <laughs> so then, uh michael j fox he opens the door because his dad says oh don't worry whatever it is i'll understand and i thought it was like a masturbation joke but then michael j fox opens up the door and his dad is in full wolf mode and i was like oh which shit. he does in this movie too he's just driving the car and then he just goes wolf and then he weeds right. some people out and he at, goes at, back to wolf man yeah and at, at that point you know you you assume people have it's seen the been first done movie, so <laughs> so you can just do it um but i think uh beyond that little that bit of like werewolf mythology i don't think the movie does that much with it because it very it very quickly resolves back into the basketball thing and there are a bit of very obvious discussions between the dad and the son about you know accepting yourself and stuff but it's it's really surface level and um this movie uh i i i like that because the first teen wolf has established that um the wolf change can happen on command. You know, we see it with the dad who is the uncle to our main character, Jason Bateman. Um, and he, he becomes a wolf and Jason Bateman is like, Oh my gosh, can you not do that when you're driving me to college? And so I like that the wolf thing is just out there right in the front, right on the forefront. So then it's like, okay, we got that out of the way who now we'll see where we can go with this. I like, um, the setting of college i mean i like high school movies a lot but a new kid at college i love that shit so jason bateman showing up at college going into his dorm room like meeting his dorm mate i think i love that stuff i think that's so cool so i was i was into it there and then i like that his roommate is um a character from the first movie styles who is like the best friend of michael j fox in the first movie now he's here at this college and he 
the world has conspired to make Jason Bateman go to this college and wolf out. Everybody has. Exactly. And I like that, dude. I thought that that was cool. Because Styles is like, yo, uh, I'm going to get this dude to become the werewolf and we're going to have such a good time at college. And I think that's an interesting plot point. Because in the first movie, it turns out that everyone is into the werewolf. And uh, I think that's sort of uninteresting dramatically but i guess if you're just going for the laughs it's like uh i guess it's not what you would expect and so maybe it's more funny that way and so i like the wrinkle in this second movie that styles has seen what this does to a man and he's he's even seen that his best friend from the first movie decided he didn't want to be the werewolf he wanted to be himself but now styles is at college and he's like no he's way. like now i can make somebody else have that personal journey too no like that he's, that he's like a shaman no <laughs> idea <laughs> that um, just doesn't give a shit <laughs> exactly and i thought i thought that would be sick i th- i thought this movie would be really interesting if it focused on the relationship between styles and uh jason bateman And because so many college movies do focus on like the tension of these new uh, dorm mates who kind of have to be friends and um, and, uh, you know, you see what comes from that. I think I thought it would be really cool if they were our two main characters and Styles is trying to manipulate Jason Bateman into becoming the wolf and just for his own personal gain. And then we uh, the story goes from there. And I thought that that's what the movie was doing. Um, you know, this I'm not just pulling this out as saying, yo, uh, I think this would be a good idea for a, a second Teen Wolf movie, and then this movie isn't it, and I'm upset. This is the movie planted that seed in my brain. It presented an interesting idea, and I was like, oh, shit, this this could be cool. Um, but unfortunately, the, the besides like that one line, the movie doesn't do that at all. It, it very quickly just settles into the... Uh, same plot from teen wolf um where he just becomes the wolf he's good at his sport and then he doesn't want to be the wolf anymore but uh he goes on the journey basically all on his own just like michael j fox did in the first one um and so it it turns out that the only defining uh thing that this movie has that that first movie doesn't have is that we're boxing instead of playing basketball and there are more musical montages. Um, and there's there's a good amount of music in the first one, so it's not it's not, honestly not that different. Uh, but I, that I makes say, the original Teen Wolf sound fucking exhausting. Yeah, the, the original Teen Wolf, it 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 the music. I guess you could say it's like baked more organically into the script. There's a uh, Surfing USA by the Beach Boys is used a lot um, to hype the characters up and. Uh, <laughs> Is that and, a hype up song? In the, in the, <laughs> Everybody in, uh, just gets fucking raged listening to the fucking Beach Boys, brother. And so you, everybody goes surfing. And so you get a scene where Michael J. Fox is like standing on the top of a, a of a van that's driving while listening to Surfing USA. Dangerous. Um, yeah, there um, is a law that says a wolf can't do that because people can't either. Uh, so this, this movie leans a bit heavier into like the, the montage aspect where we're just getting a lot of information or, or the same information over and over. Yeah. I would argue we're getting like, we're getting like no information. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
but that that's it for this one. I think I think both movies do the same thing and that thing isn't interesting so it is unfortunate for the both of them yeah uh i agree um this movie does not give you a lot to chew on it's very uh vignette uh it's not super cohesive it's like oh this is jason bateman in a scenario and also wolfman and now he's in a different set of circumstances and now a slightly different set of circumstances, but they're not really like stitched together. Like it goes from moving in to trying to sort out his classes to like a weird alumni meeting where the Dean is trying to get his girlfriend that he apparently already might have jealous to try to get the wolf man out. And then he, he gropes the antagonist's girlfriend for no reason. And then he, gets a bunch of fleas put on him i guess and then he starts boxing and he's bad at it and then he's good at it and then it just goes like that forever there's a random party he fucking drifts a sports car like shit is just happening without a completely cohesive like a to b to c rhyme or reason and not all movies need that but this one certainly does because it's not some weird experimental fucking art piece it's the sequel to teen wolf and um, it would benefit from some sort of cohesion so you cared about what these characters were going through. Um, I'm not going to belabor this point too much because nobody else will have seen this movie, but ages ago, Liam and I watched a movie called Splits that splits with a Z from 1982. Or with a Z, if you're listening to us in America. Right. Uh, and it is a movie about a band in university who has to go through like trials to save their sorority house from the shitty Dean who doesn't like them. And there's a bunch of musical montages and random vignettes and sports and weird three stooges adjacent antics in it of which Teen Wolf has all of those things. It's got the weird antagonistic Dean. It's got weird musical interludes. It's got nonsensical vignette, uh, procession of the plot it's got weird sports um splits is a much stranger movie but in a more interesting i would i would sooner watch splits again than this because splits is at least interestingly weird and bad um this is very very bland in a way that's just not compelling um and i i don't know like it, it gives it gives very little to do um and he just kind of is a dick to everybody for a lot of the movie like he's shitty to nikki he's like hooking up with a bunch of people he's he's being kind of gross as mentioned uh the dean is fucking psychotic uh the coach couldn't give a shit um he latches on to this like egotistical mode very quickly um there's like a nonsense party sequence i don't know like it's just it's a very unremarkable thing to sit through and at least splits has the benefit of being remarkable in its oddity Corey, i'm reading about splits right now um yeah and uh i see a very interesting note here um it says after the initial release with an r rating the film was recut and retitled splits with a pg-13 rating so Corey and i found this movie on amazon prime uh 
deep on Amazon Prime one night and we watched it together and I was expecting an R-rated movie. I mean, listen to this description. Again, we're talking about splits here, uh, not Teen Wolf 2. An all-female rock band and a group of well-endowed sorority sisters team up to save a sorority house slated for condemnation by the university. That sounds like an R-rated movie to me. You know, it sounds like... Yeah, we also like thought it was going to be that. We, we expected a lot more sex in that movie that does not happen. Yes, there's like and- there's like suggestion, but in the same way that this movie has the suggestion. Well, that's why it's so interesting to me here that uh, the movie was initially released with an R rating. That makes a lot more sense because it, that's what I thought we would get. And then Splits uh, constantly sort of cuts so corners I, to not. I guess what's and, and fascinating is... Teen Wolf 2 feels like a movie that had stuff cut out like that. It just didn't. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, not in terms of, like, content, but in terms of, like, cohesion overall. Is yeah. Is what I mean. And so that's what makes Splits a more interesting watch, is that you're kind of constantly bordering on that uh, you think it's going to go further, and then it doesn't, uh, but it really feels yeah. like it will, and that's because at one point it did, whereas Teen Wolf two does not do that anyway what i'm saying Corey, is that we have to petition some home video company to release the r-rated cut of splits yeah i I can think of a few companies that would probably do that we have a few options i think let's do it hashtag hashtag tmao split gang i man i wonder why splits got edited it says here it was for home and international or it was but like, look ho- at the poster. The poster is so shameless. Inter- but listen to this, Corey. The tagline of the movie is, hold on, brothers. It's Animal House all over again, this time with sorority sisters. It says, hold on, brothers. That's so funny. Yes. Uh, can I tell you what the other tagline is? Yeah. Maybe this is post the the cuts. We wish this movie was about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> that's oh man that is is like is that a post recut we took the sex out therefore this movie is about drugs and rock and roll i guess but it's intentionally (laughs) misleading right because people are gonna read that and be like well if it's two out of three they it's probably sex and drugs yeah (laughs) or at the very least we're gonna get some sex and some rock and roll tunes i don't need to watch a movie about people shooting up black tar heroin i just gotta see uh the sexy stuff and actually wait that. no the the rated r poster is the one with that tagline so i'm wrong i'm looking at it closer now wow hey there's also nine different posters pictured here so i'm gonna see there's one without a tagline that has it rated 15 for whatever region does it by age uh this is bizarre I'd rather do a podcast about splits, which I've told you multiple times. Oh yes, I about know, various yeah. films, that, uh, that, but in this case, I think I mean it the most. Well, here's the thing, Corey and listeners: if we get the R-rated cut of Splits, then we can podcast about it because it'll it'll be the it'll be another one. They made an original one, yes. and it's this. Yeah, man. At the very least, we need like a a, a documentary or a commentary track on Splits. Like, why? the change it seems far more marketable to keep the r rating especially on a home video what were they thinking especially seeing as uh, they go to hooter college and like it seems like 
even nowadays they're realizing their mistake and there's it's still oh, being we, marketed oh, everywhere as r-rated because here on imdb the first plot keyword is female frontal nudity that doesn't happen everybody the film was first issued on vhs in beta in 1985 that cover features the cheerleader poster that we've all seen because i'm sure the listener is googling this <laughs> um in 1994 it was re-released with a different cover Unlike the theatrical print, the home release was PG-13, but nudity is included. In 2003, it was put out on DVD and also PG-13. In 2015, Code Red issued the film on DVD from a new 2014 widescreen master. It includes the original theatrical trailer and an on-camera interview. If it's a master of the film, maybe that one's rated R. You would think so, but if it just says the original R-rated trailer, that seems like they couldn't get the R-rated version. You would market it, that heavy if you could. It doesn't even specify the rating. Huh. Well, it's out, of, it's out of stock, so that's that's trouble for us. Weighs five ounces. Um, <laughs> so that's good for us. That's good for us. It's light, carry, carryable. It does not say the rating of the movie on this website. So it might uh it might be out there damn Corey. this is why you and i went to journalism school we need to figure out we need to write the oral history of splits i'm on an ebay website that i cannot read oh wait code red 1982 86 minutes rated r hmm Hmm. we need to get our hands on this i actually earnestly think we do we need to but bring there, there is the no way it is still in print. Well, so maybe I we, don't know how we're gonna find it. Maybe if we ask really nice, nicely, they'll print up two more copies for us. Even one more copy, you can have it. I'll just come over. I'll watch it. One Let more copy, everybody. Yeah. Code red. Come on. Somebody help us. <laughs> Somebody help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the impression we're done talking about uh, whatever we were here to talk about. Well, that no, wasn't no. splits. No, it's just it's just when splits came up, I saw my opportunity. We're not we're not going to talk about splits again. So I had to give you your splits podcast. I got a few more things I could say about Teen Wolf too. I don't. So you can go nuts. Here's the thing. I think it's more interesting that this movie is about boxing than basketball. Because I think it's cool to see a wolf punch people. so <laughs> And do flips. Yeah. Well, you do see some flips in that original, to be fair. But uh, seeing it in a boxing ring is way more interesting. Because basketball players, I'm like, all right, it's I could see... I, I've seen basketball players do flips before. But I've never seen someone in a boxing ring do a flip. So uh, the fact that we get just a wolf beating the shit out of people and like the school and the crowd is okay with it is way more ridiculous and funny than the school being okay with a uh, wolf playing basketball because in the boxing ring like someone might legitimately die rocky four style and they, no one seems to care <laughs> no one they're all just cheering wolf wolf, <laughs> wolf. <laughs> like it's fucking kill it <laughs> oh my gosh like this movie might actually have something to say about like the bloodthirsty public out there <laughs> that wants to watch these violent sports. Um, and it also has something to say about acceptance because we have this teen wolf 
but he's not getting banned from the game because that's just who he is. It's not a choice. It's how he was born. And so he wanted to play bat. He wanted to play boxing. And uh, then he learned this thing about himself and that's who he is. And I don't think he wanted to box at all. Well, that's true. They, they made him do the boxing, which kind of... He got gaslit into boxing. <laughs> that's true. That's that's definitely more fucked up. But it is... It's it's very nice to know that uh, when it turns out that he is a wolf, which they all knew, but it, tur- it turns out that he's a wolf and no one is like, yo, we can't have a wolf box. We You're- simply... This is wild. The power of balance is all wrong. Yeah, yeah, they don't do that. They just, they're like, well, he was born a wolf. How muscular Jason Bateman the wolf is. I will say, I feel like this is like a pretty progressive idea. That's what I'm saying. Who let anybody fucking play sports? That's what I'm saying. Yes. (laughs) He was born that way. Let him do it. Um, And uh, yes, it's funny to see a wolf beat the shit out of people. Um, And... I, I like boxing movies. I mean, I like the Rocky films. And so when it turns out that this movie for like the last 15 minutes is just a boxing movie, I think that's visually... Yeah, but it's not, it's not good boxing. I, I was okay with it. I, I think there's some cool shots of uh, um, like spit coming out of Jason Bateman's mouth and stuff. I yeah, will this say is that... great if you have a spit finish. Oh. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> Um, I'll say that the boxing in this movie is shot far more, far better than the basketball in the original Teen Wolf. The original Teen Wolf has like a lot of really corny slow mo in it that just looks terrible and is used at, at moments that it doesn't feel like it heightens the tension at they all. They start it's playing just, Chariots of Fire. <laughs> it's it's really silly, but this movie, I mean, like I I just think boxing is inherently a more dramatic sport to watch because you got fist on face. And, um, and because I've seen Rocky four, I'm like, holy shit, is someone going to die in this ring? Like Jason Bateman really gets the shit kicked out of him at the end of this movie. In fact, I think it's cool. I'll, I'll give the movie this. I think it's cool how long Jason Bateman gets the shit kicked out of him at the end of this movie, because I did not know. I, I if, if, if it went on so long that at some point I wasn't sure if he was going to win. And I swear about that. Yeah. I, I did kind of think he might, he might lose uh, because he like his kidneys don't work anymore. Like yes. he needs to go into wolf mode. Cause the wolf has functional kidneys because his body is just getting absolutely blasted. Like he is not getting punched in the face, but his midsection is just ruined. Yeah. And, and I never felt that way in the original teen wolf. And I, I didn't show to and I do think it's cool that uh, this movie decides to go so in on the boxing. It's it's not just a quick two-minute boxing scene at the end where we get Jason Bateman overcomes uh, his demons and, and shows that he can, he can stand up for himself. It, it lasts for a while, and uh, I thought that was kind of fun. I think my best, uh, my personal favorite part of the boxing is when the bad guy gets in a boxing ring while wearing sunglasses, despite the fact that he already has the protective headgear on yeah <laughs> that was pretty good that was a good visual um but overall i genuinely am done i really don't have a lot of thoughts about this movie it was very unremarkable to me yeah fair enough man uh i don't reckon i'll ever watch it again in this lifetime you know i've said before that or the next <laughs> well you know if i get another another chance <laughs> of whole life i mean yeah sure maybe especially if i'm you'll re- be a different person then 
yeah, if I'm like reincarnated as like Jason Bateman's great grandson as a wolf man, I'm, I'm gonna watch Teen Wolf too. Um, but all in all, yeah, I would say both Teen Wolf movies are are avoids for me, and I, I I would say that maybe even just because of the boxing and because I think the cast here is as good as the original cast which is to say entirely unremarkable uh but like not there's it's not it's what not a backhanded hor- compliment it's not horrible like i think both jason bateman and michael j fox are charismatic and so um and i, I like the love interests in both movies those actresses they, they don't get anything to do but i like the actresses so i would say uh simply because of the boxing i will take teen wolf 2 over the original Teen Wolf, but I would I'd say that I was underwhelmed by both of them, unfortunately. Yeah, underwhelmed is a way of putting it. It 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 left like less than an impression. It has so little going on, and what it does have is so strange and disjointed that I don't know. I almost wish I had more because it's always kind of underwhelming. Not even just because you know we do a podcast that's meant to be entertaining, but like anytime you watch a movie and you leave and you're just like, eh, what? And then you just don't really think about it anymore. Like that's always kind of a buzzkill, you know. Yeah, you're you're always just like, man, I wish I just watched any other movie. Yeah, like, like then you talk about splits for ten minutes because you're like, well, that's at least something I can discuss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so I guess that's it. Oh, we got a wow. Hold on, long day. It's been a long day. I forgot about the. We have to go to the William Castle Film Genera. Of course we do. Yes. Of course we do. Of course. Or do we? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Corey, but next episode will be our St. Paddy's Day special. That is correct. That's what I've just realized. So here's what I'm thinking we do. I'm thinking that St. Paddy's Day comes but once a year. And we will be doing this podcast for the foreseeable future, at least, ideally, until another St. Paddy's Day, until one more St. Paddy's Day. So what Corey and I want to do... Um, is uh, start talking about the Leprechaun movies because these are this is a big franchise, big horror franchise with lots of sequels. Um, I am personally, I am upset at myself that we didn't start right when we hit our first St. Paddy's Day because what we've we've had one St. Paddy's Day so far and we just totally ignored it and that that was my bad. And so I think we've got to right the wrongs and start getting to the Leprechaun movies because. Um, other than what Chucky, I think that's all we've got left of the big ones, and then we'll get into like Phantasm and Pumpkinhead and the Howling and shit. But uh, yeah, Lepre- Leprechaun the is Howling a big one. too. Your your sister's a werewolf or whatever that movie's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Le- Leprechaun is a big icon, big figure. So him and Chucky, there are little guys that uh, we need to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and so I reckon Corey, there are so many Leprechaun sequels. I don't really know where to start because personally, I think. I think that every one of them qualifies for they made another one because it is insane that there was uh, even a Leprechaun 2. Like people don't, people know there are so many Leprechaun movies and there are so many Friday the 13th movies, which makes some of those later ones totally eligible for the podcast. But like people really love Friday the 13th part two. That is a classic slasher movie, but people don't talk about Leprechaun 2. So I think as early as that first sequel, you already get TMAO uh, tier stuff. And then the deeper you get into the franchise, just the more wild it gets and the more eligible it gets for our show because, you know, our 
what was our first episode hellraiser five and so um i <laughs> everyone's and, favorite leprechaun just keeps going like right up until today we've had two hard leprechaun reboots like in the last six seven years or something and so i reckon we do this Corey, rather than go chronologically so that people know what they're getting every single year leprechaun 2 and then leprechaun 3 and then by the time you know we would get like 10 years from now we'd finally get to the 10th leprechaun movie i think we put our william genero uh genero uh to the the test yes how many leprechaun movies are there all right so excluding the original of course um we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Leprechaun sequels. Okay, so I have it primed for one to seven here. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Three, two, one, spin. <laughs> uh, well, we got two. Wow. Let's Which do it, man. We're doing number three. Oh, I see. I see. I'm I'm so silly. Okay, yes. Well, because so, if we didn't put the main one in, then I guess we're doing the third one. That's right. Yeah, because one, one would have been Leprechaun 2, and you got two. So we do Leprechaun 3. Okay, so that movie is called Leprechaun 3, and uh, it's set in Las Vegas. I'm not going to look into it any further than that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's already more than we needed to know, dude. Imagine, I, I did not know that. So imagine oh, putting fuck. this movie oh, on, and shit. it's... We d- we end up getting Flintstoned. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I usually look up the movie at least once anyway, so I would have known, but I, I feel bad that I've done that to you now. Oh, that's all right. We don't know how long he stays in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, if it's anything like Jason Takes Manhattan, he's going to be on a boat the entire time to Las <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> it's anything like that time Jason went to space. Yep. He's going to be frozen for most of the movie. <laughs> Okay, so Leprechaun 3, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that'll be a good time. And then uh, after that, we will go back to the fuller version of the list, um, which Teen Wolf 2 is no longer on twice, which is probably pretty good. (laughs) Um, God forbid we landed on that again and had to do this all over again. Oh my god! Could you yeah. imagine if we if we held ourselves to that standard? Like we accidentally double up a movie and it's like, I guess we're covering it again. Oh my! Honestly, like there are some movies where that wouldn't actually be a bad idea, but, but Teen Wolf odds? Two would not be one of them. Right? And also, like, what are the odds we hit one that we would want? <laughs> I know. Hey, well, fortunately, I have um, Carrie Two One here seventy one times. So. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> That's that good shit. Though, as fun as that would be to watch again, just personally, I feel like we got so much out of that the first time that the podcast probably wouldn't be that different. No. It would just be a confirmation of what we already knew. (laughs) And everybody should go listen to that episode. Absolutely. Um, All right. Do you want to... uh, Do you want to... Do you want to stop wolfing out? You want to... You want to splits out of here? You want to... You want to hit the... You want to make like a tree and splits? Let's do it, man. All right. Cool. Um, thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterbox that T M A O. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your theory for what happened to the rated R cut of splits. 
Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. Jason DeLine made us some soundboard clips that I can't currently use, but one day they will return. Liam, where can people find you? You guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallo. You can catch me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price, and you can also uh, check out MK Podquest, the show I do with our friend Final Neil, where we are coming toward the end of rewatching and discussing Mortal Kombat Conquest, the classic fantasy action karate fighting hot people show. And then we'll be moving on to some other stuff that we're pretty excited about. And uh, yeah, give us a spin. We'll catch you here next time in Las Vegas for more. They made another one. Yeah.